Welcome guys to FX Forecasting this Sunday. We're super excited to bring you another forecasting video. And don't forget, also we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and everything else. So if you can't watch it, then make sure you tune in to the audio version and give it a listen. So we're here to give you a bit of an insight into the markets of what might be um, affecting your trading week. Um, so yeah, just take it with a pinch of salt. Let's see what we've got for you. So we're going to start off today with euro against the US dollar daily. And it's been very interesting. I think last week we predicted that we were looking at a resistance zone. Um, and we were basically saying it could go either way. So, of course, my prediction is right this week. Um, you know, I was right on one of them. I had a 50% chance of it going either way, and I was right. Um, um, but there's a zone, obviously, we're saying it could break to the upside, then to the downside. Actually, early on um, in the week, it broke to the upside, and then it started coming back down again. And as of um, the footage filmed here, this is actually on Thursday's um, Thursday close, roughly. Um, so you can see the market's actually gone to the downside and the moving averages are about to cross over again to the downside. But the interesting part here is, is that you can see that we are forming uh, lower highs here um, in general. So I am um, overall bearish on this moving into um, this week. Um, I think that we are going to see that further sell off now. Um, who knows whether or not we actually are going to see that. That's what my prediction will be. Obviously, I'll be um, placing my trades on a day-by-day -day basis, not going off of just um, um, off of what it looks like on the daily. But as long as the time frames align on the um, smaller time frames, that's what we'll be looking at. So um, with um, out holding back, let's jump down to the 15 minutes and we'll have a look at what I'm looking at. So I thought I'd put some interesting levels on here, Elliot. Um, over here, we've got this uh, where we had the resistance um, sort of picking up here where we had price rejecting through um, uh, through this previous resistance level. And then eventually we had price break up through this level. And this was that sort of like false break above that resistance zone on the daily time frame that we was um, looking at. And you can see it was quite a strong break through that level. And then we started seeing these lower highs come back through. And then we saw the moving averages cross over here and we saw a very strong break back down through this um, major um, um, support slash resistance level. Came back up on that first pullback. We've got a lovely cluster set up there around the um, 200 moving averages, the daily pivot point. And then we saw price come back down, um, break back down, come back up, test that 200 moving average again. And then we saw a, a huge sell off um, on the Thursday. Um, in the week and looking at overall we're looking for price to now come back up over um, the start of the week over on Monday Tuesday form back at this sort of um, support slash now resistance level um, before we see further selling off and we see that continued movement um, that we have um, seen on the um, on the daily uh, trend um, is there anything that you'd like to add to euro dollar? Obviously, we'll come to the fundamentals later. So you told me to mention fundamentals because you know I was about yeah, to. Yeah, so don't mention <laughs> fundamentals from a technical oh, point yeah. of view. So, yeah, technical point of view, yeah, pretty much spot on low, lower highs. And obviously, we've, you know, since we've had that break back through that level, it's been pretty much picture perfect setups, especially that first cluster trade. Like you say, you've got the pivot, the EMAs, and then the cluster entry as well. So, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, definitely. 
So yeah, that's basically what we're looking at. We're looking for the prediction to carry on going to the downside. I think this is the first time in probably two weeks where we've actually given a prediction on euro dollar, isn't it? We've had question mark next to it sitting on the yeah, fence for quite been, a while. Yeah, it has been a bit choppy, hasn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it looks like it wants to go higher and it looks like it wants to go lower and it's, it just can't make its mind up, so... I think we're finally, finally, guys, we might be getting there and actually having some direction on euro against the dollar. So we are looking at short plays for euro dollar this week. Pound dollar, that notorious one line um, sort of support slash resistance level there. Now, actually, for someone like myself, I don't usually just draw... um, and one arrow um, in regards to this, what I'm talking about is the trend is actually up, but my opinion is that it's going to be um, down, um, and I'm bearish on this. Um, the reason, the reason why is last week in our forecast, my opinion was that it was going to be um, a down, downwards move, and that was filmed around here. And we had a couple of days up before we started seeing the sell-offs. And I think this is a prime sort of scenario of what we're seeing about uh, traders shorting into those rallies. Um, whilst we have this build-up of negative news um, around Brexit and positive news spikes as well, saying that there's still time for a deal, potentially, um, and you see that rally back up again. So um, my plays on pound against the US dollar at this moment in time is just shorting into these uh, spikes, and that will be my uh, continued play, really, until um, January. So we'll carry on watching this. It almost looks like we're now starting to see the sell-off starting to come in. So if we see heavy selling um, Monday and on Tuesday, then um, I think that will confirm this um, whole sort of pullback that we've seen and um, start seeing more sell-offs coming into play on the currency. Let's uh, shoot over to the 15-minute time frame and have a breakdown of exactly what I'm talking about. So I've drawn some absolute lovely lines on this level. I love that arrow. Yeah. So we over here we saw some. Um, this was the Brexit um, potential, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, good positive news. Well, the, yeah, the deadline moving. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. We see the spike up here, followed by shorting coming into it, followed by fundamental positives cr- um, around Brexit creating a spike up again followed by getting faded out and selling off again. And I fully expect this to continue like this in this behavioural sort of um, motion until we have more concrete news around Brexit. Um, And this is exactly what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks about uh, professional traders shorting into uh, pound spikes and watching it fade out. And this is us showing the results of that, of what we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks. So this is exactly happening. So I think, honestly, on pound against the US dollar, technicals is almost out the window right now um, because it's changing so quickly with what's going on, fundamentally speaking. Um, so obviously I won't discuss the fundamental side because that's Elliot. We'll come to him in a little bit about this. But my overall prediction is that we just continue to see these um, these spikes upwards followed by them fading out and shorts coming back into play again. So, um, you know, if you're trading pound against the US dollar this, this week, then make sure that you are keeping up to date with what news is expected to come out and also keep a very close eye on people that are talking about Brexit that are close to the matter because it's going to be something that creates spikes and you want to take as much advantage as you potentially can from them awesome right well let's move over to us dollar against the uh, japanese yen this is one of the predictions that actually was spot on we're going to give a flashback from last week 
because we've got lower highs being formed telling us that this is a downwards trend um, but we've got the moving average up which means it's showing that there's now um, a bullish uh, side to this so again we are going to be watching this with caution until we get a clear decision I am um, overall um, with a, a bearish sort of sentiment we literally called the top on this one um, where we expected the pullbacks to uh, come into play um, last week was um, we were sat around up here and I said this looks like it's forming that lower uh, lower high again just like it has done previously and we're going to just continue to see that sell-off I believe in the trade of the week video we had a guy that was in from 104 targeted 107 and I was like well I'm short bias so I've been scaling into short position since that level up around here and adding as the market has been moving down um, and I fully expect this to continue moving down up until election um, period until we find out exactly what's going on um, interestingly enough I saw a news article of polls that um, had tried to be unbiased um, and it's actually got Trump in the lead at 56% probably some Republican website poll <laughs> yeah but across the whole of the states <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. So um, I'll keep a close eye on that. And actually, the fixed odds is now worse for Trump than they were when I bet that he was going to come in for president. It's now yeah. three. So be interesting to see what surprising. what happens. Um, so US dollar yen, I think, is a straight up, um, in my eyes, predictable play. Um, technically <laughs> I speaking, you were say that. yeah, straight up, <laughs> yeah, straight up, technical. <laughs> well. Uh, predictable plays um, you can see uh, a, a lot of levels drawn in here again very much textbook stuff here look lows um, turning into um, resistance forming um, a lower high with a cluster signal um, here signaled off of this level here with divergence as well as actually the cluster dots are predicting the pullback and then the sell-off and as you can see the market did sell off quite nicely and we've had multiple clusters again coming back up to this one aligning with R1 also previous levels sell off coming back in again price comes back up to the pivot 200 moving average clusters again sells off nicely and then we get the exact same again coming up to the previous low more clusters um, predictions here uh, for potential shorts shorts coming back in again so this reassures me quite a lot when I'm trading um, the direction down to the 104 level again um, because you can quite see how the, any sort of upwards movement we're seeing um, short sellers coming in um, quite aggressively I'd say um, into this um, and I think that onwards that we can see this throughout the remainder of this week we should hopefully see shorts coming in as long as the 15 and 200 are to the downside. I'd be looking at taking shorts off of resistance levels, R1, so on and so forth, and fully um, utilizing cluster 2.0 and the entries uh, to the downside. Um, that's my technicals um, for US dollar yen. Any Anything you want to add on that? No, don't think so. No, not until we, we get to <laughs> the fundamentals. To to yeah. All right, well, we'll, right, we'll, um, we'll look to move on to the fundamentals. So um, when we're looking at that prediction, we're looking at euro-dollar bearish um, for the week. Uh, we're looking at pound-dollar bearish for the week and shorting into um, shorting into spikes. And we're looking at US-dollar-yen bearish, which is an interesting one because I wouldn't have thought we'd have all of them bearish. But we are looking at sales across the board, which is... Uh, a slam dunk on the technicals from myself and i will now be handing over to elliot who will be discussing all of the fundamentals and the highlights of this week of what we've been going on about 
Cheers. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of what we've seen this week has been pretty much the same, just sort of things progressing along. So I want to start with the stimulus dance that we've been talking about. Um, it's continuing, but the latest we've seen was Mnuchin on Wednesday coming out saying that a stimulus deal is now looking difficult before the election. This sort of sparked a uh, US indice sell-off. So we'd seen quite quite a nice sort of continuation of what we saw last week where the bulls were in charge and US equities continued on their way up. However, this has happened and since then we've seen quite a sharp sell-off. I think that coupled with the sort of re-emergence of COVID fears, COVID wave two, especially in Europe, we've seen heavy selling. The European indices, DAX was down 3% on Thursday, FTSE is down 2.5%, the CAC was also down around 2.5%. Um, Mnuchin's also come out and said a broader deal doesn't make sense to us. So the Democrats want an all or nothing deal, uh, whereas the Republicans want more of a, you know, let's, let's break the deal up, let's get some of the deal done now. Um, so at least we can get relief to, you know, some of the areas that need it most, such as the airline industry. So that's what's been going on with the stimulus deal. I don't think it's going to happen before the election now. Uh, some reports I was reading were saying they don't think it's even going to happen before the end of the year because obviously wow. if it doesn't happen before the election, then it's you know there's going to be, depending on what happens in the election, it's going to take a while, especially if Biden gets in, then he won't be in until next year, right? Yeah, so, I mean, if Biden gets in and then Trump's got to step down and then swear <laughs> yeah. in Pence and then Pence got to hand over to Biden, right? So it's a very messy four-week period. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, you know, it's, <laughs> what, three weeks away now? So not long at all. Uh, yeah. Then it's... Moving over to the UK. It's three weeks, one say. It's three weeks away until we go live and cover the whole presidential election evening live as well on the channel. Hopefully from the studio as well. But yeah, so moving over to Brexit, as Sam was saying, we've been seeing a lot of, again, positive news that's then sort of been sort of, well, is this really that positive? You know, does this has this actually changed anything? Um, I think the biggest thing that has changed is the Boris Johnson set that sort of line in the sand of the October 15th. Um, and he's sort of gone back on that. Um, so it looks like Brexit talks are going to progress into next week. So, which is why we saw the big spike on, which I believe was Wednesday. Um, and obviously EU leaders have come out and sort of appear to have agreed with that uh, extension of talks. They always wanted the talks to go on longer anyway. Um, however, we're still seeing a deadlock in terms of what the sticking points are. We, you know, we talked about before, like the fishing rights um, and... Both sides are basically calling on the other side to say, you need to make concessions, otherwise the deal's not going anywhere. So, you know, we're still very much at a deadlock in terms of what a deal looks like. Well, particularly what's been released to the media anyway. Um, and then we've got COVID. So COVID has sort of come back into the headlines towards the end of this week. You know, the numbers are looking horrific, especially in sort of France, uh, the UK as well. Uh, obviously, Boris announced the uh, three-tier system. I believe we talked about that last week coming in. Yeah. That came in this week. London have moved to tier two. A few other counties have as well. So, you know, it, it's not looking great. You know, the numbers are going up in terms of COVID cases. We've also seen the chairman of NatWest come out and say the UK banks aren't ready for negative interest rates. Um, they're talking about technically they're not ready which is quite interesting. Yeah, that's what I was saying, wasn't I? You, yeah, uh, you yeah. heard something similar from uh, yeah, your banker. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because they've all got old legacy systems. There's, you know, there's going to be contractual um, complications and also from a technical sort of point, he's saying there's going to be difficulties. So, 
Um, yeah, they're not ready, apparently. And then, obviously, we've got the US election three weeks away. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ready. Um, yeah, and sort of the key swing states are coming to the limelight. We've seen some rallies um, happening. We saw one on Wednesday evening, which is in Iowa. Uh, Trump did a rally, uh, which was quite interesting. So I picked out some of the key the key highlights from the rally and there was also this billboard that made me laugh that was out that said um, this way to the super spreader event of you know Trump's rally no <laughs> so way what so did he put it up no he to... didn't put it up oh, right. Some, <laughs> someone some right Republican put up the no, joke Democrat. or the Democrat put up <laughs> yeah, oh, I recommend you just have those sign posted up yeah that is hilarious Trump COVID super spreader event yeah uh, anyway so at the rally he basically again was on the attack of the Biden family particularly on Joe Biden's son, Hunter, with his dealings in Ukraine, and then uh, Biden's brother, James, with his building house in Iraq. There's an interesting video. Donald Trump Jr. has yeah. um, been, been... Goes been, into more detail. Yeah, goes into more detail. Of these sort of, yeah, areas. We're trying to get him on the podcast. Trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so, some of the quotes, you know, he wants to know about Biden's family business dealings and influence peddling around the world. He's corrupt and unfit for office. Some strong words, but you don't really expect anything else from Trump, right? I mean, I, I kind of agree. Like, I'm not being funny. Like, if you come out of the thing, was it? It was Hunter Biden managed to get the contract to build a hundred thousand houses in Iraq. Like, you know that if that's I think that was his brother that did that one. Oh, was his brother? Yeah. One of them, brother or son? And he's never built a house. He's never built a house before in his sort of like career and. If it and it was on the board, and Hunter was on the board of a Ukraine company that was paying him like eighty thousand yeah, a week. Or yeah, something. and you, you've got to ask the question: like, if Joe Biden wasn't in politics, would he have got that yeah. contract? And the answer is no. So that is abuse of political power, isn't it? So I think Trump's just highlighting that. But anyway, what I'll do is I'll link it to um, Donald Trump Jr.'s um, Instagram um, post. Give it a watch. And if you do give it a watch, just tag me in the um, tag me in the comments with your thoughts on his post. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think of it. And tell him to go on, our, on the podcast. Yeah, and tell him that we want you on um, Samuel Lynch's podcast, obviously, because uh, yeah. he's replying. He's, he's replied twice now on Instagram, so hopefully we can we can get he's him on. Watching. There. Yeah, he's watching. Cool. Uh, other message was get kids back to school. Uh, in terms of COVID, isn't that bad for younger people? It's getting back into school. And here and then he was also saying no one has done as much for Iowa as I have done. It's quite funny. Yeah. He, not even close. So it's really interesting because um, obviously Elliot just brought up there that nobody's ever done as much for Iowa as I've done for Iowa. Not even close. And it's like if Donald Trump had captained the Titanic, there is no iceberg. We won't hit an iceberg. I knew it was an iceberg before anyone else knew. No one knows icebergs better than I do. <laughs> the penguins brought the icebergs here. No one could have predicted the iceberg. We cannot allow an iceberg to stop our ship. The crew is spreading fake news about icebergs. Some of you have to drown. I am the best captain. Ask anyone. <laughs> like I was like, that is definitely Trump captain. Captain of the Titanic, mate. Hilarious. So moving on to, we're looking at Dow again. Uh, so number one here, we sort of predicted last week that we'd see a rally back towards 29,000, which we almost got. It went up to give or take 30 pips off that level. Um, so yeah, we saw that through Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday sort of saw a slowdown. Uh, here you can see just going a sort of bit of indecision in the market, uh, starting to get a bit of weakness after, you know, quite a strong recovery 
uh, over the last week or two. Uh, we then saw Mnuchin come out and say that, you know, they were, he was having his meeting and then he came out and basically said that a deal would be difficult before the election, which then, you know, saw a bit of a sell-off here. Um, and then that carrying into Thursday morning, where we saw the COVID wave two sort of concerns coming in across um, European equities are seeing the sort of stronger sell-off. Um, so sort of where next? I think we've got a few key levels coming up. We've still got the overall trend here. We've still got the higher highs and the higher lows. Um, I think that's going to be sort of in play unless we come back down to this sort of level and break through here, which is around 27,650. Um, also got a sort of a key level here at 28,150. I think if we see a break below there, we might see a big, bigger pullback back towards this sort of swing low here. However, you know, it could easily just go back the other way. Um, you know, we've still got the Fed buying up stuff. So buying the dip has definitely been working recently in the last few months. And again, it's nothing to say that that won't happen uh, if we see a bit of a slowdown here and a bit of a bit of equity strength coming in when the US market opens. So, you know, it's still uptrend in play. However, you know, it won't take long to wipe out these gains if, you know, the COVID wave concerns do sort of accelerate in the markets. Um, again, elections only three weeks away, so expect to see, you know, volatility increase as we draw closer to that date. Obviously, Biden's in, you know, in the lead across most of the polls. However, what we saw in the last election, obviously, that didn't transpire into the actual results. Yeah. So, yeah, stimulus deal is off for now, and we've got COVID concerns. Um, so, yeah, still going to be volatile in the markets at the moment. So, next week, uh, or what's upcoming? Obviously, we talked about the fiscal stimulus package. We talked that to death. Uh, that's still, you know, ongoing. But we've also got the next presidential debate coming. So, on the 23rd, which is next Friday. I wonder if they have an independent um, um, host this time. Because they've been yeah. saying the last two hosts have very much been light on Biden. Be interesting uh, to see what happens with that. Again, it's probably just going to be another slag match. Um, Slagging match, I don't know. Get the handbags out, let's Get go. Get the handbags out. So in terms of news, we've got jobless claims, weekly jobless claims coming out. Uh, CPI, which is not really that much in the limelight at the moment, just because it's you know stagnating. And then obviously you've got retail sales, which are more sort of people are looking out for, you know, how's the recovery going? Is it slowing down again or what's going on? We've also got uh, earnings season in the US. We've had some banks release results this week. Um, so JP Morgan released better results on Wednesday, but unexpected results. Um, the loans defaults haven't been as bad as what they thought they might be. That's been sort of the same in the UK. A few of the banks have come out and said similar things. Um, and that was also an argument for why they don't need negative interest rates. Yeah. Obviously, we've got the Brexit negotiations, so that looks like it's going to continue into next week, uh, past the original deadline that Boris Johnson um, set himself on the 15th. I expect we're going to see some more announcements over the coming days of, you know, what what they're talking about or any sort of updates on that. So I'd expect yeah. some sort of fundamental spikes to be happening on pound. Yeah, and then back in the US, we've got, we're going to have, so the key swing states, how the poll results are looking. Um you know, these are where it's going to sort of win or lose Biden or Trump the election. So I sort of picked out five key swing states. Um, and I believe Biden's pretty much ahead in all of them at the moment. And in fact, he only needs to win the three of Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin to 
assuming he keeps the states that Hillary won in the last election and then he'll be president. Which, dun, you know. Dun, dun. <laughs> I did not know what that world looks like with a Biden uh, president in power. I, which uh, which country do you reckon will be his first visit? Which country? Yeah, you know, like they go and visit countries. I reckon it'll be China. He's <laughs> like, go be, my, go be my mate. Yeah. Um, on his ball, he'll be on his lead out there, wouldn't he? So, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see what that looks like with Biden <laughs> as, as president. Um, but anyway, um, we have got some interesting uh, news coming out, obviously, um, this upcoming week. And we've got a lot of highlights. So it's going to be another interesting week. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting week every week up until we get to elections. And then well, December's going to be yeah. dead. <laughs> well, no, then you've got Brexit, right? Yeah, yeah, going? Good, so yeah, it's yeah. Like we've got those two major well, be- binary sort of... Yeah, that would be interesting, right? Because December usually is completely low volatility play. So yeah. I wonder if like all the bankers are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go on my skiing holiday now, sort of thing. Oh, COVID is what you don't <laughs> go to France at the yeah. moment, do you? Canada? Canada, yeah. I don't know what the cases are like out in Canada, actually. So yeah, yeah, be interesting to know. Anyway, guys, if you're enjoying the uh, weekly forecasts, you can grab them on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, as well as obviously on YouTube. Um, We're going to be doing a giveaway in this video as well. So um, in the pinned comment on the top of this video, there'll be a little link. All you have to do is head over to that link, fill in your information, and we're going to choose a a couple of random winners um, to win some cash prizes, and we'll announce them on the next Sunday forecast video. Um, So you have to stay tuned. You have to obviously tune into this to enter the information, and then tune into next week to see who the winner's going to be. And we're going to be doing this each week, I think, all the way up until... Uh, Christmas at least um, and see how it goes so guys let's uh, let's give back to our followers and um, give you some cash for um, Christmas so make sure you join in by going down to the pinned comment below filling out the information that's all you've got to do best of luck guys and make sure that you are subscribing thumbsing up this video and sharing it with anyone that's in the trading world that you think should be watching um, our weekly forecast videos thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week every sunday on the forecasting show take care guys